to our children, but also um, Sam's uncle was my chanech in Benekiba for quite a number of years. So uh, I want to dedicate the shield to Baruch David Ben Abraham Yaakov. Passed away very, very suddenly and very tragically on Friday evening. On a positive note, it's also my 34th anniversary today. Uh, not exactly today, but it's certainly Parsha Lech Lecha. It was a Parsha made on the Ash. Um, 15th of November 1989. Uh, I didn't fix a date. Uh, it wasn't up to me to fix at the time. We got in touch with the Jewish agency and they fixed the flight. There was no nefesh for nefesh in those days. I still don't think there's nefesh for nefesh in England anyway. I don't think it exists for England. Um, nonetheless, it's, uh, it turned out that the Pasha that I would make Aliyah would be Pasha Lechlecha. Um, uh, one of the greatest days of my life. Uh, never ever looking back. And we had a good day today because my son, my son got out of the army, my chatan got out of the army. I'm hoping my other son will get out of the army just for a day. He's just gone back. So we're looking at Parsha Lechlecha. If you remember last week, I distinguished between Bnei Noach and Bnei Avram. You should remember I did it about four times. I reminded you that we are Bnei Avram and not Bnei Noach. And I want to take it further. We were introduced to Avram towards the end of last week's parasha, at the end of parasha Noach. And now we go straight into Avram. And it's very significant because there's no introduction. This was Avram. This is where he lived. We just start off by Yoma Hashem el Avram Lech Lecha. That's how we start the parasha. By Yoma Hashem el Avram Lech Lecha. And I want to look at it from a number of different angles. See Rashi. Lech lecha. Now, lech lecha, it's hard for us to know. We're not experts in grammar. At least I speak to myself. We're not experts in grammar. But if you tell someone to go somewhere, you normally say lech. Te lech. Te se. Ta ale. Te red. What's lech lecha? What's lech lecha? If you look in the English translation, it might say, get thee out. Lech lecha is the the is the added. Get you out. So have a look at Rashi. Rashi didn't miss this. For your benefit and for your good. There you will be a great nation. There is here. You will not be able to have children. Abraham hitherto didn't have children. And the world will know of you. Once you get there, remember, Abraham is Abraham Ha'ivri. The outstanding, the determined, the opinionated, and the believing Abraham. Have a look at Kliyakal. It could be. Come sit. You want to sit down? There are chairs. I don't to stand for now. Um, instead of when you tell someone something and it's difficult, you don't do it in one go. You do it in stages, right? You break the news slowly. That's done very often to us without us even realizing it with press releases of certain things that are done 
very slowly. I don't know whether you're aware of this, almost an entire platoon of Golani was massacred on the first day of this war. It's my son's Kudut. He wasn't there. But they didn't release the name of the platoon every day. They released it bit by bit. That's 70 soldiers. But most people who were first on the scene were killed, right? They, they, their numbers were ridiculously not in our favor. We weren't ready for this. And uh, the release was very, very slow of the information, so people will be more panic-stricken than they already were on that day. Maybe it will be too difficult to receive all the news in one zone. So he, there are three divided requests of Abraham, and then a fourth. First, he asked him to leave his land. Now, it might be a big thing to you when you contemplate leaving the land that you grew up in, because you're used to that land. If you're an American, you're used to America. You're used to those Dunkin' Donuts, right? The Dunkin' Donuts and the Starbucks and the various things that you, you get in, in America, which you're used to them. You grew up on them. If you're from Johannesburg, you know Frangelica's like the back of your hand. If you're from London, you know the BBC. Everything is, is hard to leave. It's very hard to leave the country. It's not hard to leave the BBC, but it seems to follow you everywhere, unless you delete it. I've done. It's difficult to leave your land. Because at the end of the day, it's the least difficult, but you don't get so much from your land. It's not as hard. Again, everything is within context. It's not as hard to leave the country you were born in. The next stage is to leave your country, America, England, Canada, Australia, South Africa, wherever it may be. What about your neighborhood? Your neighborhood is your neighborhood. It's where you grew up, right? You know every street. You know the left, you know the right, you know what's this way, you know the shortcuts, you know where the shops are. You know, the people to a degree, you know, the shopkeepers. You go back to a certain place, it's no longer that relevant to me. When I go back to uh, the shore that I grew up in, which is also uh, Sophie's shore as well, uh, I recognize more nameplates of people who have died than I do people in shore. And it's a new, it's a new congregation. I don't know that congregation. I've been in Israel for thirty-four years. It's a new congregation. I recognise more people in the shul up the road because that's where they decided to to move their families to. And what is the third thing the Kliyakul tell us, which is the hardest of all, is Beit Avicha. You're living your family, right? Your house is your fortress. That's where you grow up. It's your house. It's your bedroom. Your bathroom, your dining room, you know your house, you can close your eyes and be in your house. And to leave your house, that is the biggest challenge of all. 
even though if you think about it logically, it actually happens the other way around. You leave your house, you leave your neighborhood, you leave your country. That's the order. But it doesn't say that. It says, because the koshi gets more, more difficult. What is the hardest of everything? And the girls here can tell you, is he has no idea where he's going. This isn't just a geographical issue. It's a cultural issue. It's a way of life. It's a language. It's humor, even. You make a joke and no one laughs. It's like, huh? I mean, I had a lot of fun with this as the uh, my first years developed by making jokes and enjoying the fact that no one understood them. And that's really been the story of my life. Uh, but, but in Israel, absolutely no idea. And language, don't understand or appreciate. You can't express yourself. You don't have the confidence to express yourself. In a language, it's not your language. You didn't grow up. You can speak in English. You feel fluent in English. And they think because you don't speak the language that you're an absolute fool. I have to tell you one thing that happened to me. I lived on kibbutz. And I had run a youth movement, which was a national youth movement of, of quite a serious size. So I'd been a real Rosh Gadol. And I was working on the back of a tractor. This really happened. A guy my age is in charge of the tractor. My job, big job, they were, they were like putting weed killer on the ground. And I was standing on the back of the tractor, and it was blobs of weed killer. And there was a, a knife going round and round, chopping the weed killer. And if it blocked, if it got stuck, I had to knock the side of the tractor. That was my job. And then my Israeli peer says to me, Aval David, don't put your hand in when the knife's going round. <laughs> I was 23 years old, but with the straightest of faces, I turned to him and said, Lama. <laughs> the assumption is, you ever heard an English person speaking to a foreigner who can't speak English? What I'm saying is very, very loudly and very slowly, because obviously if they don't speak English, they don't have a brain. And that's our assumption, right? Especially especially us when Anglo, you know, you speak to European Hebrews, when Odele comes back, please God, anyone who comes from Europe, they can speak Hebrew, because the assumption if you're from Europe is enough, they don't speak your language. Our assumption is they speak our language or I'm not speaking to them. Don't try and speak English in France and see what you get from the French if you try to speak English. They will not speak to you in English. They will not. And the Kliyakar talks about it. It's lech lecha, it's for you, but there are difficulties here. And the difficulties are real challenges. They're real challenges. You've got to leave everything that you feel confident in and go to a place where you know really know nothing about. You wave the flag, you did your Smaud, you did the parade, but you really know nothing about where you are. You're getting a taste now of what an Israeli has been going through for 75 years. This isn't new. It's more horrific in certain ways, but it's not new. Wars and air raid sirens, it's not new. And you're seeing Israel, which is the real Israel. I want to go to a different perspective now. Go to Rab Zevin. There is also a, an individual's perspective. Lech lecha. Katup lech lecha. So I said there's a question here. Can't say lech, telech. What's lech lecha? Go for yourself. He says, lech la'at smutcha. Go to yourself. 
ופירשו הדברים בדרך קבלה לשורש נתמכה. Here we're moving on to a totally different facet, totally different rover. Is not go to your country. Go to you. Go find yourself. This is the Hasidic uh, direction. A person isn't required to achieve anything that is beyond them, beyond them. We spend a lot of our time comparing ourselves to other people. And that really isn't our purpose. The only demand God has of us is to get to ourselves, is to do what we can do. I can reach the limits of my strengths and my abilities. I can do whatever I can do. Go discover yourself. No one else. Not in comparison to anyone else. Not what they're doing. I'm not looking at anyone else. Just lech lecha. V'hu she'amar ha'katur kol asher t'imsa yadcha la'asot b'kochecha aser. Anything that you can do, you must do. U'me'elag mu'van she'ein ha'kamana she'asa adam ma'shelivocha pe'ez. It doesn't mean just do whatever you want. K'lum hefker ha'olam. The world is not hefker. God has no demand of you than to do more than you can do. You, lech lecha. What you can do, you have to do. Not for your mom, not for your dad, not for your teachers, not for your siblings, for yourself. You have to be able to look in the mirror and know that you have done what you can do. You know the quote, Reb Zusha was Rebbe Ani Melech's brother. He used to say as follows, you've heard this before, but just in the context of what Rav Zevin is saying, Rav Zevin, by the way, was Chabad. He was the author of the Encyclopedia Talmudit, but he, he, his roots are in Chabad. If used to say, if they ask him in the world, Zusha, why do you not like the Baal Shem That won't bother me. That question won't bother me. You think I can be like the Baal Shem Tov? They ask you, who am I and who is a Magimi Mesri? However, what am I most worried about when I get to heaven? They will ask me, Zusha Lama Lo Hayita Zusha. Why were you not Zusha? Why didn't you do what you could do? Not anyone else could do. Lech Lecha. Zusha Hare Yachota Liot, Velama Afzel Hayita. You weren't even Zusha. I expect you to be Abraham. Don't need Abraham. Abraham has been and gone. He played his role. He did what he did. We don't need Abraham Abinu now. Believe it or not, we need you. Believe it or not, we need me. Because God created us and we have a purpose. And God wouldn't have created us for no reason. Or the Midrash Amor Amru, Midrash Amor Amru, 
עשרה מיני בהמות מסרתי לך שלושה ברשותך ושבע שאינם ברשותך לא אמרתי לכם להביא לפניי קרובן מאלה שאינם ברשותך אלא מהשלוש שברשותך מעשה עבור סימן לבנים כל המעשה עם עבור everything that's done with the fathers וכל שעשו האבות look at this parasha it's unbelievable our rabbis promised Israel He's told, go to Israel, leave everything and go to Israel. When he gets there, there's a famine. He has a chance, should I stay or should I go? And the Ramban says it was a sin that he left. He should have had faith. He should have stayed. And then in the same parasha, we have our cousins are kidnapped. And Abram has to get up from Israel and all the way north, it was past Damascus. He had to go and fight, go to a war to free his brothers from captivity. Things are happening again and again and again. And therefore, I've got to be able to, to... And there's no social media about this, and there's no news flashes about this, or breaking news about this, about me and me. about me looking for me. That, that no one talks about that. And that's our main task. Ultimately, that's our main task, is, is me going in search of me. So two themes. We have this macro theme of going to Israel and this micro theme of going to ourselves. Go over the page to the Maldiv. Haseda Harayu Anachon Lomar. So he's going to repeat the same question which everyone's asking, which is what the Kliyaka asked. מבית אביך, ממולדתך, מעשיך, first you leave your father's home, then you leave your neighborhood, then you leave your country. ולמה לא גילה לו, אני אלך, why didn't you tell him where to go? ולמה הבטיחו ההבטחות האלה, why didn't you give him such promises? מה שנאמר, יהיה ברכה כפול. שנאמר, יאנסי זה מרבין, והיום השם אל אברהם, לך לך מעשיך, אמר לו שתכלית העיסר הוא שיפרד מדעותיהם ומעלליהם הנשחטות. That, that leaving is not just to leave a place physically, it's to leave the norms. You know I'm fanatical, ladies, but I have to tell you, not only do I only want to be here because my whole family's here, even if they weren't here, I'd only want to be here. I so don't want to be in Chusaris. I so don't want to hear and have to battle with these news companies and with their nonsense and with these... Arab demonstrations who are justifying cutting the heads off babies and raping women and what they did. Booby-trapping bodies, that's what they've done now. There are still bodies, there are booby-trapped bodies. That, that's what they're doing. I still don't want to be there and I have to stand in, in universities in Chutzaris and I have to deal with this sheker. People who are pseudo-intellectual and, and they care about this and care about that, but they, they don't care about anything really. Anything that you can... You can maim the Jewish people with. I so don't want to be part of that world of Shekhar that claims to be liberal and is not liberal. It's not liberal. It's not pluralist. It's only pluralist if you agree with what they want you to say. But if you dare say something else, they shut you up. This isn't freedom. This is this. This is this. I so don't want to be there. He says, you've got to get away from, from these they ought. I'd rather be here with all the challenges that we have here. I have my army. I have my police. 
I'm my people. I'm surrounded by my people. I, I go to shul at night and I might feel sorry for myself for one minute. And I look around and I think, well, we're all in the same boat. Who's going to moan? Who hasn't got a child on the front line? Who? Everyone's got a child on the front line, or two, or three, or seven. So what am I going to look? I'm a miscane. We're all in it together. We're just doing it together. We're just helping each other. I'd so much rather be here than be anywhere else. I, why would I want to be in a country where I just have to defend it? What they make to be the indefensible, where they challenge all the time. What, am I going to have a regular life with this going on? You know, I, I'm sure, I don't know, I've not spoken to people, but I have, I have actually. I've spoken to my sister who still lives in these surroundings. And it's screamed at by Arabs and shouted at. I have a, a nephew doing medicine in Cambridge. He got a message on social media saying, why aren't you in the gas chamber? Studying Cambridge. Stick your big nose somewhere else. That's what he got on social media. I can show you. What can you do about that? What are you going to do? I just want to get out of it. If you physically move out of the place, your whole frame of mind changes. Your whole your whole way of thinking changes. She for every teva al soshe mazgal rami mitotan shemol at the top. His father was an idolater. You move out of the physical arena, you move into a totally different spiritual reality. And then he says, again, we were talking about physically, it's easier to leave your country, a bit harder to leave your neighborhood, and a bit harder to As far as the influence is concerned, it's easier to kind of give up on the norms of your country harder to give up on the norms of your neighborhood and even harder to give up on the bad habits you might have picked up in a bad environment, a closer environment. So that again, the problem has gone on the, on the personal level of, of the lechotha being a, a personal level. Have a look at the Tivot Shalom. And here he gives us, uh, let me tell you the, 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 the Tiboshom outside because it's, it's too long for me to read it all to you. There is a, a Midrash, and the Midrash says it says twice in the Torah Lechlech. This one is Lechlecha Me'al Sechaimuladcha, leave your home. And the other is Lechlecha Eres Hamoriah. That's next week's Pasha, it's the Akedah. And Rabbi Levi in the Midrash asks the question, what is the greater challenge? Leaving your home or the Akedah? And the Tivoshara says, what a ridiculous question. I mean, it's hard to leave home, but it's, it's much harder to kill your son. What's the question? And he answers in the following way, which I think you, you're experiencing and have experienced. So there are two types of challenges we have in our lives. We have a challenge which is the Arcada. Everything's good. Everything's wonderful. And you wake up one morning and God says, go sacrifice yourself. It comes out of nowhere. It just comes out of nowhere. You're smiling, happy, someone knocks at your door, bad news, and you've got to deal with it. 
And that happened to all of us of Simchat Torah, right? Simchat Torah was just a regular Simchat Torah. The night was a fine night. I got it early, and then suddenly my wife came running to Shul, said that there's silence going off, and I was I was Muslim. So I just started. It was nine o'clock in the morning. I, it happens very often, so I didn't really pay attention. And then she comes knocking again, knocking again, knocking again. My dad was there. I said, my dad, whatever. I did. It was a shock out of nowhere, and, and I didn't turn my phone on because I didn't need to turn my phone on. I had two sons who got called up who had their phones on. And what you're hearing all day is rumors, and the shock is that immediate shock. Just saying immediately, they're saying hundreds have been killed. We didn't hear about that. You know, I wasn't here during the Yom Kippur War. It wasn't like this anyway there. That, that's a challenge of a challenge that comes out of nowhere in life. The Timon Shalom carrying on the theme of Rav Zevin is saying, Lech lecha, me'azcha, do'latcha, me'be'tzadicha, is go find yourself. It's a different challenge altogether. So how do I find, how do I find David Nelson? I'm not talking about David Nelson, you see. I'm not talking about David Nelson that I see when I look in the rear. I'm, looking, I'm talking about the real David Nelson when, when a child is born. A child is born pure. Every baby is born pure. Every baby is born pure. We all came out very, very pure. Let me start somewhere else. We were on a teal in Elat many, many years ago. Something that I'm not sure I, I'm going to do again. But, but we were on a teal in Elat uh, many, many years ago. You know these, these tall guys, not Eitan, but the, the girl tall guys, that the Tirolumi guys, they always draw pictures for you and they have things out for you and then this chocolate represents this, chocolate represents that, and they've got a... So we've done a teal for four hours. We're at the end of a teal. It's my niece is the Madrikha, bless her. My niece turns around to the girls and says, the girls can see the hotel. You can see the hotel from the mountain. They can feel the showers. They're discussing who's going to beat the first girl to the shower. Like, how am I going to get to the shower? I'm going to run to the shower. I know we don't do that, but I, and, and they're dreaming of the shower and the Madrikha says, everyone sit down. I want us to meditate. <laughs> oh my word. Superlatives I cannot repeat. Each girl, oh my God, now, and this Madrikha totally oblivious to what's going on with the girls. I want you to think about life. And you can see on the girls' faces, listen, lady, <laughs> I'm thinking about the shower. I'm thinking about the Marcola in the hotel. I mean about everything at the moment, except for life. I don't want your pictures, I don't want your acorns, and I don't want your chocolate bars. Well, maybe I have your chocolate bar, but I, I don't want anything else. And, and the girls are really fed up. She's my niece, what can I do? So she, she said to them, I want you to tell me what you feel about the desert. <laughs> and many of the Americans, English girls were about to explode. Listen, I don't feel anything at all. <laughs> okay, I'm I don't feel anything about the desert, and if I do feel about that, you don't really share it with you. Uh, I'm not going to share anything with you, but the Americans also who don't mind thinking sharing, they didn't want to know at all either. So I had to back her up. So I said, I just want to say one thing because I don't like the desert very much. I don't know what I would have done had I been in that generation, but I, I don't really, I love the north of Israel. I love the north of Israel. I want to retire to the north of Israel. I, I can sit in not teal, I'm not great on teal in. That I, I can sit with my chair in the middle of a river <laughs> and a book for hours in the summer. I just do that. My wife goes, she comes back, and I'm just sitting there. I might have a can of beer sometimes there, you know, just to make sure no one else has it and make sure that it's protected from that. I live for hours, just, just in the streams of the streams of Nakal Dam. I just sit there for hours. And I asked the girls, I said, well, what is the difference between the midbar? And the Galil or the Golan, the Galil more, the past of the Golan. I said, I said, this is just my interpretation. 
The desert is the world without any clothes. The desert is the world the way it was created. The Torah was given in the desert. So it was given without any additions. When we celebrate our independence on Pesach, we do it with matzah, because matzah is bread with no addition. It's just flour and water. It's got no addition to it. It's pashtut. It's the truth. That's how Adam and Chava were right at the beginning. They had no clothes on you. The minute you put on clothes, you define yourself how you want to. People define you how you look. But that's not who you are. I've said this often. But, you know, there is a place in Auschwitz-Birkenau. There is a place called the sauna. The sauna is just by Canada, which is a place where the Jews were lucky enough, if there's lucky enough in Auschwitz, to select clothes, they used to go. The sauna is where the Jew who was selected to live went through the sauna. At first they took their clothes off, then they shaved their hair. And then in Auschwitz they gave them the tattoo. In Auschwitz-Birkenau they gave them the tattoo. It's one of the only places they gave them the tattoo in Auschwitz-Birkenau. We don't often go there because it's, it's, it's a long way away from everything else. But when we do go there, and even sometimes when we don't, I say to girls that fall in, what was the purpose? When a Nazi comes along and he takes away your clothes, and he shaves your hair. The, the testimonies are that sisters looked at each other. They didn't, they didn't recognize each other. Because when you shave your hair, you look like a different person. You, I don't have to tell you how much your, your hair defines you. So you shave someone's hair, they, they, they lose their identity. And then you give them a number. So that cow. The whole purpose of the process was to remove the identity. That's what you get from Nazi animals. But you understand, you can never remove a Jewish person's identity because his identity or her identity is their neshama. It's not our clothes. It's not our head. It's not our number. And the more they remove these things from us, the more they force us to recognize our real identity. How often do we do that? How often do we recognize our identity? I mean, the, the real David. Not the Rabbi David, not the... I've had so many different names in Benekiva. I was Rovdov, I was Dave the Rave, I was just Dave. So who is the real David? Well, the real David is, I don't know who he is. I'm still, I'm still searching. I, 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 don't, I don't know who he is. But it's definitely not because of my clothes. It's definitely not because of my glasses. It's, 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 you know, there can be people who dress up as me on, in the week of Purim and they'll put the vest on and they'll, they'll get their round glasses on and they'll... They'll say, by phone, and they'll say, oh, I'm, I'm Rob Milson or something, or they'll wave a flag. I don't know. I know what I would like to be perceived at, but what am I really? So, so you come down as a neshama, a pure neshama, and what happens? This is what Nassim Shalom says. It's a terrific essay. He says you, you, you accumulate layers. Layers that aren't you. You accumulate the layers from your country. You accumulate layers from your neighborhood. You accumulate labors from your from your father's house that aren't always like uh, they're also physiological. They, they, they're just manners that you don't even realize that you're copying your parents. There was an Israeli teacher once in the school. He used to walk like this. That's how he used to walk, peculiar. And, and on occasion, three of his children came. It was like a Disney movie. <laughs> The kids have the nuances of the parents. You, you learn like your parents. You adopt things that you have no idea you're doing things that your parents do. 
You're just copying them because you grew up in that. So, so these are positive things, but they're negative things. So the Tibor says, you want to get to yourself, you've got to remove you've got to remove well, not at the time you have to remove beta that's removing the layers, otherwise you can't find yourself. So now you understand what's the harder challenge. You have this pitom test where something happens to you out of the blue, Akeda. You have the ongoing day-to-day test. And the difficulty in the ongoing day-to-day test is the accumulation. It's not that today's a challenge, right? It's today's a challenge in addition to yesterday, which is a challenge in addition to the day before. We've had both. We are having both, right? We had the shock of the first day, which was a shock for all of us. For the rest of my life, I won't forget that morning where I had to say goodbye to my sons in uniform. The rest of my life, I was, I was falling apart. Never imagined I'd have to do that. Your two sons finished the army. Then Baruch Hashem, they finished. And now they're doing something they never did when they were in the army. The shock. And then once you finish with the shock and the challenge of the shock is the reality that we're facing every day. It's an achlacha. It's the it's a routine reality of finding yourself, putting yourself together with the accumulation of each day. Each day comes with this challenge. It's not just a challenge of today. It's a challenge of today in addition to the challenge of yesterday. You know they said the straw that broke the camel's back. That's a phrase in English as well, right? The last straw, they call it, right? So what does it mean? You put a straw on the camel's back, it doesn't do anything. But if it's a straw after a straw after a straw after a straw, it'll break the back. It's a last straw. So the straw on itself doesn't mean anything. My challenge today is fine. But it's in addition to yesterday. In addition to the day before and two weeks of the challenge. So totally didn't you understand it? It's not such a partial question. So the Arcana was a challenge on the first day. We had to deal with it. We dealt with it. Baruch Hashem, somehow we dealt with a lot of courage. And almost every soldier who went down, they got killed. Well, the first soldiers who just, they picked up their guns and left their communities and went straight into a war. On an average of 10 to 1 in a good scenario. An average of 10 to 1. And you understand it wasn't just Hamas who came over the border. Just so you know, when you're reading the non-Jewish press, it was Gaza civilians who came over the border and raped and beheaded. It was regular civilians who came over and followed Hamas into Israel. I wish the BBC would just tell the truth sometimes. Just tell the truth. It, it, they weren't all Hamas. Hamas were uniform. There were regular Gaza civilians came running into Israel and did what they did. And, and our heroes went and fought. Heroes. And, and died. And much will be said about that. That was the challenge of then. The challenge today is now Shikra. It's now our routine. It's, it's a routine you've chosen, right? It's to be here and be here. But it's an accumulating challenge. And the challenge increases every day because it's not just today. It's today in addition to yesterday. In addition to the day before. So it's not such a silly question that Rebbe Lady is asking. It's, it's, it's a very, but, but above and beyond that, goes together with what Rab Zevin said as well. It's lech lecha. If I want to find myself, I have to metaphorically take my clothes off. I have to take all the layers that I have accumulated over the years just to find David, just to find who he is. I don't even know how to do it. I don't know, but I, I know it's true. 
I know what he's saying is true. I know that it's an important message. So let's go back and finish with the macro. Go to the Talalefayim, the Chalban. The, the two messages that I'm coming with today are, are, of course, it's micro Lech Lecha. But I can't run away, especially being at my 34th anniversary. Can't run away from the overall idea, right, which is which is go go to Israel, be in Israel. It's undeniable. Listen, it doesn't matter. I don't really I care what your ideology is. You could be Satmi, you could be the Torah Karti, you could be Abodir. It doesn't matter. The Torah says to Abraham Lechacha and Eretz Asher Arecha. I'm afraid it does not say Lechus. It doesn't say Glen Hazel. It doesn't say Golden's Green. It doesn't say Caulfield. Certainly doesn't say Perth. That's what it says. So have a look at Talechayim. Abraham Avinu is our father. He's our forefather. All the lights of the future are embedded with him. Within Abraham Avinu, we have the entire history of the Jewish people. The theme of the Ramban. But what our fathers did is a sign for us. Abraham Avinu is introduced in last week's parsha with, with the willingness to die for his belief. In Orkastir, you know the Midrash, when he uh, he was thrown into a fiery furnace because he because he believed in something. Chesed umasim tovim Torah mukavnifla. A parsha shelanu next paragraph matchila mitzivuyam shalakush parchur Abraham lalechet al sakanah. That is the first words God said to Akush parchur is go and live in Israel. He may roim anu sheapasuk arishon b'Torah medaber al amisel ba'beyachad imeres yisrael. I'm afraid it's indisputable. The first puzzle that talks about Am Yisrael talks about Eretz Yisrael. There's no other puzzle. It's the first puzzle. The Am Yisrael, the opening discussion with Am Yisrael, who is Abraham Avinu, is Eretz Yisrael. It's the land of Israel. We can live as a people outside of Israel. I spoke about that in the Sheikh Kali at the beginning of the year. As a, a tropical plant in a greenhouse, not as a plant living in its natural habitat. You saw that on Sukkot, right? You saw you get Alba meaning wherever you go here. When I was on Kibbutz, I used to change my lulav every day. The cost of a lulav in Israel is about 500 rods, not 80. They charge 80 because people think we're still in Russia. Etrogs are lemons, a good etrog should cost 20 shekel. There are no end of a trogim in Israel. Hadassim, the four species were, were given to us to use in Israel because they grow in Israel. So they couldn't find them in Vilna. So what does that mean? You can be a Jew in Vilna. You're not meant to be a Jew in Vilna. You can be a Jew anywhere in the world. You can get Hadass, Mahabin, anywhere in the world. But Amisra belongs in Eris Israel. It's not just the detail in the lives of the Jewish people. It's a qualitative definition of Am Yisrael. You can see it now, the Jews in the, how much they want to be here. 
how much they, they, they feel that they belong here, even if at the moment they can't, because we, at some stage in our lives, we are reminded, if we don't want to remind ourselves, that we don't belong where we are. If we don't remember, they remind us that we don't belong where we are. Then we become like paranoid Jews and one boy says something positive and we just forward it to each other all day long. Oh, I found one boy in America who said something positive and we're all forwarding this person. It's one in a thousand, right? But, but we're, all the Jews are watching it and go, oh, that's great. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's wonderful. So if you don't think normally, you don't think out, now, now you do, right? Because when push comes to shove, we're just one people. That one people belongs here. The first thing, there's no theology in the Pasha. God says to Abraham, I will give you this land. This land. All, the whole Pasha is about that. Abraham goes north, he goes south. It's all about Eretz Israel. It's just all about the land. You don't have to be Rabshvat to see this. You don't have to be coming with your guitar and talking about going to Canaan land. And it's, it's in the psukim. It's in the psukim. You don't. Many many years ago, I, it still bothers me when I have this recall. We used to go to Russia. We used to go to Russia. You know, if you had a foreign passport, not an Israeli passport. I don't know whether you did this, but, but when I was 23, I, I, I went to Russia and you met someone from the Mossad in, uh, in Hampstead, it was actually, I met him, and they gave you a brief, and you went to Russia, I went to Russia for two weeks, this is when there was still the Soviet Union, and we smuggled books, that's what we did in Russia, we smuggled books, and I went to the Soviet Union, I spent a week in Moscow smuggling books, and then in the second week, I, I went to two places in the Ukraine. One was called Chernyakov, and one was Kishinev. You know, heard of Kishinev. And um, I was in Chernyakov, and this, this really happened. And I was, you know, today I'm a bit calmer. But then I was arrogant and fanatic and out of control. Like humming Yadachim wherever I went. And, uh, and uh, the Israeli flag was like, tied to my body now it's just hanging on my shoulders and uh, because I don't need I am a flag I don't I don't need a flag I am a flag so uh, and we got into this house in che che Chernovsky this was my experience I just relate to the experience take into account I was even more in the than I am now sorry uh, and uh, we get in there two Benekiva boys and there are two Khera there from Lakewood so we brought Benekiva stuff, you know, we brought phone and a few things. The guys from Lakewood brought video cameras and like we felt like it's like classic England America situation, like we brought you a car and a house and an aeroplane and we came in with a couple of books or whatever. And then he the guy gives a couple of whatever rubles or whatever to, to the Russian host. He says, Can you just get us a, a drink from downstairs? So we have a situation now. I'm sitting in a room. Then me and my friend Johnny Rabinowitz, he lives in Netanya, and uh, and these two Hebra from Lakewood. And the guy from Lakewood turns around to me and he says, Eretz Yisrael, that already makes me blow up, right? Because there's a Medina here, it's not just the land, it's that we have a state. He says, Eretz Yisrael is good for the Russians. That the real Jews belong in Lakewood. 
That's what he said to me. If he said it to me today, you would have to call murder. I, if you said to me today, I would, I, I'm not in a healthy enough situation to be able to control myself. So I said, pardon. We don't say excuse me, I said pardon. So he said, no, Eretz Israel is good for the Russians. He repeated it. But Lakewood is where the Jews should be. And I exploded. It was almost embarrassing because this Russian bank came in the middle. We're almost at fists, almost at fists. I said, what are you talking about? So then he starts saying, name me Godolwin that live in Eretz Israel. Name me Godolwin. He says, all the Godolwin live in Lakewood. All the Godolwin live in Lakewood. They say, name me the Godolwin. Name me the Godolwin. Name me the Godolwin. And I'm bursting. I say, what about Moshe Rabbeinu? We all show our trouble. David Amelech. David Is he not a Godol? David Amelech is not a Godol. Avram Avinu, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, this is how I am 30 years later. Can you imagine how I was now? He said, Tell me it's the ideal. What are you talking about? Look at the parasha. Avram is, 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 a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a father of the Jewish people. And the first thing God says to Avram is, go and live in Israel. I'm going to argue about it. The Rambam thinks it's a mitzvah or not. Do me a favor. You ever heard the, the, the argument, you can't see the forest for the trees? So you, you go to Yeshiva and they start saying, no, and, you know, no, the Rambam doesn't count as one of the mitzvahs. That's it. So that's it. What about all, all the stories in Gracious? Do I have a whole Tanakh about Israel? Did you, did you notice that? And then so it's very, very, very strong. You know, I am fanatic. They're very strong. says to me, you know, I can't celebrate your because it's in the old. Have you lost your mind? You know the story about Rabbi Akiva? You do know the story. It's at the end of the Gemara. You know the story about Rabbi Akiva? When he goes on to, he's, he's overlooking the old city of Jerusalem, and he can see it's in its destruction. He's the Gemara Makos, and his friends are crying, and he's laughing. And they say, why are you laughing? He says, why are you crying? And we're crying because there are foxes walking around. Her up like, why are you laughing? He says, because, because there are two Nevoas. One Nevoa one says that the, the Jews will be destroyed. The other Nevoa says that little children will be walking the streets of Jerusalem. So if one came true, the other's going to come true. You tell me, ladies. I, I, I can't say. You tell me. If Rabbi Akiva had been in my Rebbe Nachman's here today and didn't walk out because it was not good, so had he been there and he heard little children outside trying to be air raid sirens, <laughs> you don't think Rabbi Akiva would have laughed? You'd have seen the Nabur. You see it every day. That passage is written in the old square. You see it every day, little children walking around Jerusalem. Rabbi Akiva's Talmudim died. I cannot believe 
the Rabbi Akiva wouldn't have celebrated your company. It's not inconceivable to me. And let me tell you one other thing. Because you're on this subject, there's no free evening, nothing, right? But but the Rambam came to Israel. Nedaliyah came to Israel. He came to Harabai, and then he went to Hebron. It's written, I can show you, black and white. In his letters, the Rambam writes, the Rambam, he writes, the day that I visited, he gives the date, the day I visited Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim means Harabai, the day I visited Hebron, will be festivals for my family forever. I mean, no tachmin. Festivals for my family forever. So again, I, I'm just suggesting, if the Rambam just visited Harabai and just visited Hebron, and he declared this a festival for his family forever, what would the Rambam do today if he walked into Israel? And he saw our malchus, our army, and our police, and our government. Doesn't matter which government. He said Hallel because he visited the seven steps outside Maratha That's it. He said Hallel. It's written in the Ramba. And I can't believe I have to argue with people about it. Now at this stage, if people say to me, you know, they don't want to do this, they don't want to do that, do what you want. I don't care. I mean, I... The only thing I do every day is that I look in a mirror on the wall and I say, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the most Zionist of them all? And, and Rashad still comes up. <laughs> it's a belief, though. But, but, but there are things here. Okay, what you choose to do, you choose to do. That's not the question. But changing the truth is a question. You do whatever you have to do for whatever reason. Everyone justifies what they have to do. And answers to themselves and to God, not to me, definitely not to me. But don't deny the truth. The whole harsh is about Israel. B'nai Avraham. And we're told, and it's so hard. Ladies, I, I want you to know, I loved England. I loved it. I love the culture. I love the sport. I like the politics. It was... Thatcher time at the time, the end of Thatcher time, but I was interested in everything. It was a culture I liked. I never left England because I didn't like it. The regular English person who isn't Arabic just is interested in alcohol and football. They really don't care about anything else. They really, there's nothing more important to them. They're, the only sugya came up in England every day of COVID is when is the pub opening? That was it. That was what occupied their minds. It wasn't sure. I mean, they don't really care. Honestly, you know, they couldn't even show you where Israel is on a map. And there's a lot of Arabs in Europe. There are a lot of Arabs in Europe, and they, they have a lot of influence on, uh, it's not like the English were pro semite ever, and they're still mourning over the fact that we kicked them out of Palestine, but 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 nonetheless, I loved England. I loved it. And you know I like the music. I didn't leave England because I didn't like it. I left England because I think a Jew has to live in Israel. I think a Jew has to live in Israel. I, I belong here. I have this feeling I'm sure you have it as well. It happens only once a year. On your mind's more I have this feeling it's like a day for me, like no other. Because every other festival that we have, we're trying to remember. We're trying to remember how we came out of Egypt, right? how we got the Torah, remember how we lived in Sukkot. And to be honest, I, I don't, 
I don't actually remember what I did yesterday. So I, I, it's hard for me to remember how I came out of Egypt. I worked very hard at the Seder table to keep everyone interested and make it relevant. And we're sitting in my sukkah. You, some of you have been in my sukkah. I don't think they lived in sukkahs like that in the midbar. I think our sukkah is much nicer, actually. They had divinity over them. But I think our sukkah is much nicer. And I'm Shavuot. I, you know, I learn Torah every day. So what's so special about your Matsuol? I'm not remembering anything. I'm living it. It's not something that happened. It's something that's happening now. It's happening right now. We are, we are living history. And we have a choice. If we want to make history. So I don't think I, 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 I will be able at the moment or if you just look to be able to list any real achievements in my life. Of, of, you know, that are worth writing a book about. But, but one thing I, I remember on a daily basis is that I came to this country on my own 34 years ago with one distant relative in Khadera who I didn't like to do. And 34 years later, I have a house, I have a wife, Children, who do me proud, have a son in law. I came with Ephes. And I have an Israeli family living in Israel. And in 34 years, I have never, ever looked at I don't intend to. And again, this is just it, to, to, to make this as a, an ideology that isn't part of Judaism is to not read what's written in the Torah. You can say what everyone again, everyone does what they actually do, but to, to say this isn't the truth. The first time God speaks to Abraham, he says, Go and live in Israel. That's what he says. There are so many messages here. It's such a the minute we leave Benin, I always feel a relief. You have to Croatia and Noah and to deal with general things, and then we get to Am Israel, the pluses, the minuses, the, the story, the story of our people, which is an ongoing story. And one final thing, sorry, just one final thing. I don't know how much you know what's going on in this country the days before this broke out, but things that I've never ever experienced in this country. There is a regular minion in Tel Aviv, everyone can pour out in the streets. And a big fight broke out about this minion. On Yom Kippur, people broke it up, whatever. I don't know the ins and outs. I don't know what was reported, but that doesn't mean I know. And a day before Sinkhat Torah, they were starting to argue about Hakafis. And I'm talking about literally people in each other's throats. I was at a Shiva house on Friday. My son's Rosh Hashiva, whose son was killed. Um, first day of fighting, and his wife told the following story. She said, during the Shiva, Rav Lau, Chief Rav Lau, you know, the big, the, the old Rav Lau, he came to see them. And some Gerach Hasidim also came, and some Chilonim also came. And during the Shiva, the, the, it's, in Rama, it's in Tel Aviv, right? So the siren, siren goes off quite a lot in Tel Aviv. The siren went off, and they had to go down to the shelter. She said, you won't believe this. This Am Yisrael that was at each other's throats two weeks ago were huddled together in a bomb shelter. They're huddled together in a bomb shelter. Like, 
Quiero Hasidim Chilonim. Rabbi Lau. All together. So we, we know to say a lot of Eli The name of our WhatsApp group for God who made Aliyah is called Eli Erezacher. But we've also been reminded to Eli Amachem. Only have one people. And if we don't know how to put each other together, so the Goyim put us together. Something I say time and time again in the mass grave in Warsaw. A mass grave in Hebrew is called Keder Achim. You don't have to wait to be in a Keder to be Achim. You can be Achim without being in a Keder. And we have seen the most remarkable things. I asked my children do they need food as an Ethiopian. Someone turned up at my son's base the other day with 700 pieces. You don't know what to do with the food. There's a joke going around in Israel and they're asking them what they want to like a car. Okay, you can have a car. Whatever they ask, well, I can have an iPhone now, whatever you want. It's like a joke. Whatever you want, certainly. It's the most incredible thing, this, this uh, outreach of love, which is the way it should be. It wasn't a few weeks ago. It is now under terrible circumstances. But Amisrael and Eris Israel go together. And there's no other subject that you can really talk about in this week's podcast. I'm sorry for going over to Thank you.